0: My name's Cody Smith. Like I'm Tiara Penner. Hi there. I'm Tim O'Campbell. And the three of us are the hosts of a new podcast called The Last Pod Bender.
1: No, we're talking about martial arts. We're talking about moving things with your mind. We're talking about we're talking about forces
2: of nature at
0: work within the body
2: are talking about avatar but not that not them blue people or the the live action suck fest
0: so join us for the last pod bender coming to the froggy style productions podcast network and wherever you may listen to podcasts february 1st 2021 yep yep Phew. This podcast is brought to you by Froggy Style Productions. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for up-to-date information regarding this podcast and all the other awesome podcasts that we produce. If you would like to learn more about the podcasts that we produce, visit fsproductions.ca. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I'm going to take a couple moments here and thank the individuals who helped to make this podcast possible. So a very big thank you to Barbara Emerson, Wanda Smith, Tiara Penner, Jeff Perry, Quinn Rupert and Tori Smith. Thank you guys very much. Like I said, you helped to make this podcast possible. If you would like to be one of these awesome individuals, consider donating to the podcast network's Patreon page. If you donate to the podcast network, which is Froggy Style Productions, you in turn are basically donating to us here at Groove Talk because all the money that Froggy Style Productions gets, they use to help to make the podcast that they host, uh, the best podcast that they can possibly be. So if you would like to donate to the show, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash fsproductions. You can donate as little as $1 per month and every dollar does help. So, um, the more you donate, the cooler rewards you do get. If you donate the minimum amount, which is that one dollar you gain early, unedited, and ad-free access to all podcasts that get released through Froggy Style Productions. Uh, so that website again is Patreon.com/fsproductions. And again, just a big thank you to all the Patreon uh, members. Uh, you help uh, make the show the best it possibly can, and I really do appreciate that. If you would like to just make a one-time donation and you don't want to become a monthly donor, uh, there, there is that option as well. Um, you can find that at fsproductions.com. There's a little donate button Um It'll be on the right side of the website anytime you check out a podcast or something like that, or it's on the bottom of the website. Um, I'm sure you'll find it. You're a smart individual. But uh, if you would like to make a one-time PayPal donation, you can do that as well. And that would be greatly appreciated as well, you know? So yeah check it out. If you would like to support the show in a free way, you can always leave a rating or a review on your podcast listening app of choice, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or Google Podcasts or anything like that. Ratings and reviews are huge you know, the better rating you have, the more likely you are to be seen when people are searching for podcasts. So if you're looking for a free way to support the show, you could do that. You could also just tell a friend or something. We don't pay to advertise this podcast at all. So all of our growth is because of word of mouth. So yeah, tell a friend, post about it on social media. That also helps. If you are fans of the show, maybe consider signing up for the monthly newsletter. The sign-up page can be found at fsproductions.ca. It's the very first thing that you're going to see when you visit the website. There's a little sign-up bar, and you just put in your email, hit sign up, and you are subscribed to the monthly newsletter. The monthly newsletter comes out on the first Monday of every month, and it basically just keeps you up to date with everything that's happening at Froggy Style Productions and, in turn, what's happening with this podcast. Uh, it gives you basically like a podcast release schedule each month. Um, it download or it sends a direct link to all of the previous month's podcasts. So if you like podcasts emailed directly into your inbox, Uh, Sign up for the newsletter instead of having to go and find all the different podcasts that we do on the different podcasting apps. uh, It's easy for you. It gets emailed directly into your inbox. There's also a music video of the month and stuff like that. And like I said, it just generally keeps you up to date with everything that's happening at Froggy Style Productions. So, yeah, check out the newsletter. Um, Again, the website is fsproductions.ca. While you're there, um, check out the website. Uh, All the podcasts get posted to that website, and it all has, you know, information about the podcasts, and there's also supplementary material that go along with a lot of the podcasts, and, you know, there's articles and short stories and stuff like that, so check out the website, fsproductions.ca. We also have an online store on the website, so if you want t-shirts or stickers or mugs or whatever it may be and you like to support the show in that way, again, that's an awesome way that you can support the show and you get some sweet swag out of it. So, I mean, check it out, fsproductions.ca, fsproductions.ca, and I'm going to say it one more time for those people in the back, fsproductions.ca, check it out. On this episode, I am joined by Kate Stevens. Kate Stevens is a kind of a soul R&B singer, uh, based out of Calgary here. Uh, It was really awesome getting the chance to talk with Kate. We talk about her music and how she goes about making it, as always. Um, We also talk about kind of her sound and how it kind of does tend towards that more soulful R&B sound and uh, maybe why that is a little bit. We also talk about you know, the radio, and a lot of other fun subject matter uh, regarding music and just Kate as a person. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with Kate. She has some, she's a really down-to-earth person, which is awesome. Uh, I think it was near the end, we had a conversation about how you kind of deal with, you know, maybe your fans or people on social media who don't necessarily agree with the opinions that you hold and maybe how you should approach them and how you should converse with them and what's the best way to do that. And I found it very insightful, and I really enjoyed this conversation, like I said. Uh, you can listen to the song Meant For Me at the end of the episode. It is a single that Kate released last year, I believe. Um, it's awesome. It's really, like, uh, soulful and uh kind of funky and it's got like some folk folk elements into it as well. Uh, it's I really enjoy it. It's really cool. Kate has a really awesome and unique voice and I really, it's probably the thing I like about her most is I really appreciate and are, am drawn towards kind of female singers and it's because of singers like Kate Stevens that uh, that is the case. You know, it's just, it has this like kind of ethereal just sultriness to it that I really dig. So Meant For Me is at the end of the episode. You can um, find it on all streaming services, but I'll also have links in the episode notes of where you can find it. If you would like to purchase it, it's available on Bandcamp. And again, links will be in the episode notes. If you would like to connect with Kate on social media, all that will also be in the episode notes. So yeah, I hope that you enjoy this conversation that I had with Kate Stevens. It was really awesome. And again, just thank you for listening. I'm really excited for what 2021 has in store. Uh, We're continuing this podcast strong and this is the start of it. And I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. Again, thank you.
1: This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style.
0: Welcome to another episode of Groove Talk, everybody. On this episode, I am joined by Kate Stevens. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I guess just to start us off, why don't you kind of introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little about uh, a, a little about yourself and the music that you make?
2: Um, hi, my name's Kate. Um, I'm a Libra. I, no, uh, <laughs> I am, um, yeah, I make R&B music here in Calgary, Alberta. I'm a singer-songwriter, very folk-based, very kind of, you know, jazz, blues influences um, to make a whole mishmash of me. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, I guess... Uh, What got you started in music?
2: That's a great question. I got started. Um, my house has been very musical since I, since I was born. My sister's a classical flautist. Um, my mom couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, but you know, she was very supportive. Um, so yeah, I always had that really nice support system to kind of do whatever I want and, and, and just kind of be free with music. And, um, whenever she cooks dinner, there's always music playing. So there's either Carole King, Joni Mitchell, you know, the, the really 70s songstresses that really kind of push my, uh, musicality forward. Um, and I just got really into it. I, I started, you know, writing poems, and I was singing for forever. I can't remember when I wasn't singing. Um, and then I found a ukulele at a garage sale when I was about 13. And uh, that was my catalyst into, you know, songwriting and, and, and learning the uke off of chords online and, and just, uh, just kind of immersing myself into uh, what music is and to be a performer.
0: Awesome. So I guess how many, is it just the ukulele and stringed instruments that you play or how many instruments do you?
2: Too many. Yeah, I, see you? I don't play yeah. them well though. That's the thing, Cody. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I have a, uke is like my main, I have a baritone uke, behind me I name all of my instruments his name's Thelonious um after Thelonious Monk of course and then I have a guitar it's like a strat from one of my friends it's been through the mud and back it's got a bunch of like cigarette burns and the backing is all ripped out but you know it plays um and I and I have a a, you know a garbage Yamaha am I allowed to swear I have a shitty Yamaha that I got when I was like 15 and I was like all right this doesn't really work and then I have the mandolin um I write most of my songs on uke and piano though those are my two kind of main uh main main gist
0: awesome yeah and i guess for those uh who are just listening um in the background behind kate there is a wide array of stringed instruments So
2: <laughs> <laughs> very visual yeah that's the thing i always like whenever i try to do zoom meetings or everything's very digital now i try to kind of like face it this way, because the other walls don't have anything on it. So this is like, I'm a musician wall when it comes yeah. to like <laughs> interviews and stuff.
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess what, uh, what made you kind of gravitate to the more kind of like soulful R&B sounds that you kind of project through your music?
2: Yeah, I, um, so yeah, I started in the kind of like the folk route, you know, very kind of cute girl with a guitar, didn't really know what to do other than like that Taylor Swift kind of thing. Um, but then I started going to jazz jams and like it it got to the point where I would show up at these jams so much. They'd be like, do you want to sing? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Okay. I guess I could try something. Um, and it was always like all of me or girl from Ipanema. It was never anything inspired. It was just something that I know and is, I can sing. And um and I just became a regular there. I, I had a bunch of friends who would always go. And that kind of got me into like, you know, the the jazz, blues, and um I fell in love with soul music. I found a bunch of old records that I really loved, Edda James, Ella Fitzgerald, you know, Sharon, uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, just really, really great soul music that just projects that raw vulnerability that I was seeking and and kind of searching for so I found that and then I I sing backgrounds with the Mocking Shadows they're a band here in Calgary and it's big brass big you know noise big loud and just to be on stage and feel that energy is unlike anything I've ever felt before so yeah I just I love what R&B and, and what soul music can can kind of you know you you, if you feel something different right you, you you or have that innate sense of wanting to move and wanting to kind of emote through those songs so yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. no i definitely would say that's something very uh unique to soul and r&b is it's like you want to move but in like a very kind of like slow and
2: sultry way of course it's sensual of course like when you listen to these songs i always talk about this this is a fun thing i've never talked about this on a podcast before um i love the time signature six eight and for those of you who aren't, like, very, you know, musically inclined, 6-8 is kind of that time signature that feels like a waltz, you kind of fall into that lull, you know, at last, is it 6-8, one of my songs is in 6-8, I have to stop writing them, because one time our whole set list was in 6-8, it was bad, anyway, um, but you feel that, that time signature, you feel that romance, right, you, you, you feel you just need to move in, like, a slow dance, there's, like, it's an 80s prom, there's, like, horrible harsh lighting you're in like a a tool dress anyway that's kind of my my vibe with six eight and so that's why when you hear that song you feel inclined to just move and to and groove basically so
0: yeah yeah no i definitely i definitely agree so (laughs) (laughs) uh so i guess maybe just take us through the songwriting process for you a little bit like how do how do kate Stevens songs come together
2: very very long um sometimes you'll write a song in about like 10 minutes and you're like shit that's the best song I've ever written um and sometimes it takes you know like a couple weeks for me I am uh I'm a person who who I, I love weird sayings and I love weird quips and words that people say and like why is that saying a saying so I have a note uh on my phone that has like a list of everything that everyone has ever said to me of like weird sayings of like I was driving my ho- friend home one time, and she was like, "Oh yeah, my house is just uh, just on the light, the third light post on the left, next to that old rundown church." And I was like, "God, that's beautiful. I'm stealing that for a song." And then I did. So it- you're finding inspiration everywhere, and kind of being open to finding inspiration everywhere. Like even when you're in the shower. My big, my biggest thing is to be singing a melody hook that I love and I will literally shampoo in my hair, jump out of the shower and record it into my, uh, my voice memo. So it it, it it starts with like inspiration and then it starts with, you know, finding really cool, weird jazz chords on a ukulele for crying out loud and then, um, and then incorporating melody and, and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: Cool. And I guess, how how do you, how then do you bring those ideas to, like, a band?
2: That's great. So I work with some really, really talented musicians. I work with Kyle Tenoff. He's my bass player. Cam Bowie's my keyboard player. Um, Barry Mason's usually our sub and guitar player. And Carson Gant is our drummer. Um, and uh, and just the most incredible boys. Like, I'll bring an idea of a song, and they'll just totally run with it. And, and it's so cool to be locked in with musicians like that. Like, we've been playing together for probably... I don't know, three, three-ish years, I think. Um, and, and yeah, like they will just listen to the track once and be like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And it always sounds amazing. And I hate them for that. But you know, it, it's just, it's all about finding those people that click, right? And and Kyle and, and Cam and I have been writing a lot together. And that's been a really cool new experience of translating the uke to piano and bass, right? So it's really great to have other creative minds in the room and, uh, to have that, you know, artist brain always constantly flowing. So it's good.
0: Yeah, no, uh, definitely. That sounds awesome. And, uh, for those I guess of you who don't know who those musicians are in Calgary, they are very, very talented musicians, <laughs> and uh...
2: they're my voice. I love yeah, we've we've played so many shows together that I'll just be like, okay, guys, like one, two, three, go, and we'll just go into a song and it just continues to amaze me how good they are, you know,
0: yeah no. that, and that's actually it's it's a, a kind of uh like i I knew about you before through the YYC Music Awards because I've done some media coverage for them but the the first time I saw you perform actually was recently at that big art drive-in with sweetberry yeah. wine.
2: Yeah. yeah that was that was great that was a fun time yeah they' were like just come come sing BGs and I was like, okay I'm going and it was so cool. Like I've never done a drive-in show because we were on stage and just getting hammered with the horns, like just like everyone was screaming and cheering. So that was a really really cool experience. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah no, it was lots of fun. I, 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 man, for me personally, being in one of the cars, it's like one of the comfiest concerts I've <laughs> been to for sure.
2: <laughs> I like it. that's well, yeah. probably the future too, right? So I'm glad yeah. that we're uh, that we're on that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess how did you how did you kind of meet meet those guys and start working with them?
2: So I met them through the Prophets of Music organization, and uh, the Prophets of Music organization is a phenomenal, phenomenal emerging artist kind of bank um, where they take younger emerging artists and kind of just, you know, give them the ropes, show them how to behave in the studio, how to you know write grants. Just really, really amazing mentors come out of that program. Um, and I was really fortunate to I applied and then I uh, I didn't win the grant which you know much to my dismay but I got something even better which was those connections with those boys um, we played like one stampede show together and I've never and I would never played with a backing band before like that for my own songs and they were like okay so this song is in the key of C this song's in the C like come over for rehearsal we'll just try them out and we tried them out and I was like. Shit, I got myself a band. So, <laughs> so then, yeah, we've been working with uh, with those boys ever since. And and Kyle is one of my uh, my closest pals. He's like one of my managers. Like, he's uh, he's the dad for sure in, my, in in the band. And um and yeah, just really really phenomenal. And uh, I love all those guys so much. So <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, they're they're great people, phenomenal music- musicians. I actually had them on the podcast. I think it was last year. Amazing. But just sit, yeah, just sitting down and talking with them was like, they're hilarious and so lighthearted and just yeah. awesome individuals. <laughs> no, it was so
2: cool to like work with them. And, and then we did Men, Men For Me is basically a, a brainchild from Prophets of Music. They funded the whole single. Um, I came back from Toronto and we just recorded it. And uh, I worked with Russ Broom and uh, some amazing studio musicians. And that was the best experience I've ever had. And now yeah, like uh, Barkley and Dan, those guys are awesome also my favorite. So yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, I guess kind of take us through because you, you perform solo, right? So you're like a solo act, and then you also play with a band?
2: Yeah, basically.
0: Uh, So kind of take us through that. Is there one that you prefer over the other? Or is there like, you know, different vibes to each?
2: Exactly. There's there's good things in each where for a solo artist, you know, you show up, you have your own set list, you sing your songs, and you can emote it however which way you want and I think that with with solo artists and starting up that was so important for me to understand the importance of dynamics and understand the importance of playing shitty venues where no one's going to listen to you I think that's the the biggest thing for like emerging artists and artists that are just starting up you're going to play those background music shows and you need to play those background you need to be wallpaper you know at like a weird Italian fusion restaurant that, that that people are watching the hockey game it's a whole thing but with the band, the energy that you feel is phenomenal. I know that I feed off of other musicians whenever I'm on stage. There have been times that I've, like, step-touched and, like, ooh-ahed an earring off and, like, almost hit Cam in the face. Like, it's just, it's it's so amazing to have other people on there and have that kind of language, right? Like, I find myself parroting stuff that they say of, like, oh, sick voicing. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the hell voicing is. But, you know, when you have that kind of back and forth, it, it, it just makes the music process and it just makes live shows even better you know so
0: yeah no for sure i think that's something that uh it's good for a lot of like emerging artists or younger artists to hear is you know you're gonna have to play those shows where it's like it's it's gonna be hard there's no like people won't be paying attention to you but you gotta you know plug through it and do it and you know get your chops in i guess well, exactly or <laughs> right
2: like what's that one lady gaga quote where it's like there could be 99 people in a room and only one person could be listening to you but that's the one person you need or something like so it's it's true right like i've played you know my fair share of of gigs that i you know they feed you and you're like cool Bye. So, but there's always going to be one person. There's going to be one more Instagram follower. There's going to be a little bit of engagement there, right? To kind of just plug your stuff in the middle of every song. Don't forget to tell them who you are because I remember going for like two hours because I'd feel bad and I wouldn't take a break. And I and I would just play for the whole two hours, not tell anyone who I am and then leave. And then people would be like, Wait, what? So, make sure you're always kind of incorporating that into your uh, into your banter as well. If I can tell anyone <laughs> anything,
0: <laughs> that's also good advice for new new people. Because yeah. like you know, when you first get up on that stage, uh, it's confusing and scary, and all these emotions are just like rushing through your head, and it's really hard to remember what you're supposed to do. It's hard enough to remember what you're supposed to play, I feel. So Oh, exactly,
2: exactly. Like bring your chord like bring your chord like sheets, bring your lyrics, don't worry about that kind of stuff when you're first starting out. I know that I was really nervous about having my phone on like a stand and just having it there. I think that's super important when you're playing those longer shows too of like remembering how many songs can I play? Like what songs do I play in this 2-hour period? So <laughs>
0: Um, have you found that uh, maybe more opportunities are open towards you because you are a solo act or a band act
2: oh for sure I mean I think that like every solo artist needs to have a bunch of like really great musicians just ready to call I know like I, I do it a couple of my friends in the scene like Marcus tremmer is a great example of that I love that kid to pieces Um he's an amazing solo artist but then has those boys who just the the power and just the the connection right is so important so i think that as a solo artist you do benefit for being able to play the coffee shop shows but when you need to make sure you have people that you trust people that you know are going to be good knows who show up on time learn the songs you know it's all trial and error too right of finding the right band and finding those people who are going to be your solid band right so yeah
0: yeah, no, for sure. I I like, uh, it's funny you mentioned Marcus Trummer because like he's one of the people I think of, you know, who is like a great solo act, but he also rocks out with a band. And uh, Matt Blaze is another one who yeah. does it really well. And I've just found it, I found it very interesting because yeah, it just, these people, it opens up so much at, like more opportunities for them, you know, or because like you said, you can play those coffee shop shows, just you and your guitar, Or you can play those bigger shows, but it's all still, like, your brand, you know? Of
2: course, of course, you know? Like, you want people who are going to be respectful on stage as well. Like, I, I, you know, like, I've seen so many bands where everyone kind of seems really disinterested. Like, you want to have that engagement, too, that's going to drive your live performance forward. Um, And I think that a lot of younger musicians starting up are like, well, my friend can play guitar. Well, no, maybe you can invest the time and find a really great guitar player with really good chops and who's really nice, you know, just just kind of finding that and building your musician and building your band story from there. Right. So,
0: yeah, no, definitely agree. And it's it's I think it's another thing that, you know, maybe younger musicians or people just starting out in bands don't really like to pay attention to is kind of the, you know, the business side behind the music which is, if if you want to be successful, you definitely have to pay attention to it. Oh,
2: of course, that's like eighty five percent of being an artist is is taxes and like social media stuff and you know, your merch and budget stuff. And, and do I have enough gas to get to this show? You know, like, it's all kind of, there's so many different parts into, oh, I play the guitar, right? You know, like, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff you got to do before you step on stage, the songwriting aspect, the business aspect, like we said before, right, there's, there's all these moving factors that you're going to have a great live show if all of them are in place. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and I feel like, if if you're doing your stuff, right, then you know, when it is time to perform, then you're performing, and you're not thinking, oh, did I email that guy back?" or mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like. Oh, of course,
2: of course. I'm so bad for emails. Um, oh yeah. Of like, I'll have the notification on my phone. And I'll be like, "Oh, I'll just reply later." I I never reply later. So if anyone has messaged me or emailed me, I apologize in advance.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Th- emails are easy to like let fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. They're they're hard. Sometimes it's like, oh, that was a week ago that that guy talked to me. Like, <laughs> 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 whoops. No, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So, uh, how how do you handle all the different hats that you have to wear? Like is it just you or do you have like a team behind you or
2: a boatload of cup of coffees. Um no, I uh I, I don't know. I, I, I was so 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 thrilled to, you know, be working with the prophets of music. They were definitely my guys for, for everything. And, you know, starting up I had a momager, like my mom would come to every show. She would kind of be the support there of, of helping me answer emails and being like, Maybe we don't go to this basement show. Maybe we don't go to this photographer's house, you know, like just like stuff that a mother would be really great for. And then, you know, when I was about like 16, I was like, maybe it's time I start looking at the business and taking over. So staying organized, you know, having different folders on your on your computer, making sure your taxes are in like a spreadsheet. Um, you don't want the CRA to come for you. Um, and same thing with like recording stuff, too. Like you want to make sure that all of your budget is completely like visualized and and materialized before you start recording. um, It's hard. I mean, I know that there's been many nights where I've been stressed and and I've been like, well, is this really what I want to do? And then as soon as I step on stage, I'm like, no, shit, this is exactly what I want (laughs) to (laughs) do. Yeah,
0: no, uh, I can definitely empathize with that. (laughs) It seems like the business side of trying to do something creative can like really weigh on people. And it just takes that one thing, like that one moment again of being like, oh, yeah, this is why I do all this other stuff is because this thing is worth it, you know?
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, you, you, you have been nominated. I think it's you've won six YYC Music Awards now.
2: Five, only five. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I uh, I love the YYC Music Awards. I think it's a great way to showcase Calgary's local talent. I think it's a great way to connect with other musicians, too. I know that when it was actually at the Palace and it was a real-life thing, um, just making those connections, meeting with other people you've never met before, it was a great, like, kind of industry elbow-rubbing situation for me, I know. Um, and, yeah, I love it. I love being able to be like, you know, it's – you're recognized by your peers. How cool is that? So that's the that's the best part for me. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, I guess like like 5 is that's that's quite the haul, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what does like what does it feel like to be recognized for your your songwriting like that?
2: Oh, fuck, so good. It's so good. It's like winning, being nominated is great, but winning is everything, you know, like I hate saying that because it's so, it's so amazing to be with other phenomenal musicians. Like I remember there was one year that I was nominated in the same category as like T Buckley and like how, like, of course I didn't win because he's amazing, but it's just to have that recognition and to have that like, holy shit, like this is an actual award that I'm nominated for is really cool. Um, they look amazing on grants. Um, so if anyone wants to give me money, please send it my way. I am accepting donations. I'd love to eat this week. Um no, but I uh I uh I I love them. I think they're great and it's it's a great uh it's a great place like like everyone who works there and, and is a part of that organization is phenomenal as well. Um so yeah, it's it's just it's really cool. And it's really great to get dressed up and and hang out with your friends at the palace. I mean, this year was a little bit different. I had like a backyard screening. I had a couple of friends over and we we watched it on like a projector um, from like a social distance. It was really cute. So yeah, it's been been a, a different year for sure, but still really, really cool to be recognized and really cool to have won. So
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, no, that, that's awesome. It's I agree with you 100%. It's a, it's a cool organization that's doing, like, cool things for the musicians of Calgary, of for course. sure. Of
2: course, yeah. And, like, it's just a great way to stay connected with your friends, too, of, like, they'll post about it. I'm like, oh, my God, amazing. Like, how how cool is that? Congratulations. And it's a great artery to expose other genres in Calgary because I feel like Calgary is very, you know, we're the country music, we're the folk roots, kind of Americana, just all mixed into one. And like watching, you know, like the the metal performances and, and, and learning about the jazz guys. Like, it's so cool that there's so many different pockets of genre in Calgary that a lot of people just don't know about.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's cool, too, that like all these genres and all these like different like scenes are, are thriving as mm-hmm.
2: well, too. It's a very vibrant music scene, I think. Like, I don't know the first thing about EDM music, but, you know, it looked like it was alive and well at the, at the awards. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it's neat. And just like, you know, from being on the podcast and talking to different types of musicians who are in all genres throughout the city, it it seems like it's a, a very unique place in that like all, all the scenes are like doing well and like, are just like so friendly <laughs>
2: yeah and, and we're all like interconnected too it's like that weird mesh of like maybe one person will collaborate with someone else and then they'll get noticed in that kind of pocket and it, it, it all goes around right so it's really cool to see
0: yeah yeah no for sure and it's like how many times do you get all all the musicians in the city like that in one place and just celebrating yeah. music right so yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's that's awesome um so I guess how has how has this year I mean it's it's been different for all of us but how has this year been different for you specifically
2: Wow, uh, it sucks kind of I mean it was it was definitely um it was it was a kind of rude awakening of like how how many hours I do spend, you know, in my studio and and nothing much has changed down here for sure. But um, I, I'm in school, I go to Sate for radio. So having classes online and then juggling a job and then juggling music and stuff has been very, very different. Um, I know that when quarantine first started, I felt kind of inclined to write 50 different songs in the next best album. But I think that as artists, we were gifted time, you know, we were kind of just like, well, this is this, we're we're hunkering down. We're gonna write some songs and see how it goes, and that's kind of how it went for me. Um, I wrote three killer tunes, one with the boys and and two by myself, and I'm really excited to uh, to release those to release those soon. Um, and yeah, I just I, I can't wait to can't wait to show everyone what I've been working on during quarantine. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so is. I guess what is the next project? Are are is it going to be an EP, an album, or because like I, I've noticed that you release kind of singles. Is that is that for a reason or?
2: Yeah, it's just been kind of like how it's gone. I mean, I I wrote I released an album when I was about like sixteen, seventeen, and that was my, you know, grueling teenage years, uh, album of, of heartbreak and loss, you know, of being 16, 15 and knowing everything about music, of course, and everything about romance. Um, but I mean, we did, we did a a dual, you know, release for the, for meant for me. And then we did a single for it's real, And I think I'm forgetting Right Choice. Um, So yeah, they've all just been singles to kind of keep the Spotify numbers going to keep that game up of like, hey, releasing this. But um, we've started pre-production for an EP that's maybe transitioning into something a little bit longer. We don't know just yet but um yeah I'm really excited to do it I think it's a definite new direction of, of how exactly that I want to sound because a, a lot of my other stuff has been very producer driven and I've, I've been so lucky to work with amazing producers but I think for this one I kind of wanted it to sound what I listened to you know like I, I made a Spotify playlist of all the songs that I wanted to listen to and um I sent that off to the boys and they were like of course like just reference tracks are your best friend when recording. <laughs> so, uh, so I've, uh, I've got a couple of those. So yeah, I'm really excited to see how it goes. And, um, a lot of the songs are about, you know, just a really cute boy that I love. So it's been, it's been really nice to be happy. A lot of those songs are very, very sappy love songs. So I, uh, I'm excited to show everyone what, what we've been working on.
0: Awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I start every song we were, we played a couple uh Fishbowl shows. Recently we played the Ironwood and uh and I was talking about that. I was like, "Well, I'm happy, you know, and it's nice to be happy and all of my songs have been very, you know, about love and being happy." So, it's a it's a change of pace for sure, uh but it's it's super nice.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And that like that's the thing with any art, right, is no matter what the artist's emotional state is going to bleed into whatever current work of art is being produced <laughs> oh of course
2: of course it's it's yeah it's super important to kind of i i always find that whenever i write a song i'll write the song and then i'll go back and like listen to it or look at it and i'm like oh Shit, that is how I'm feeling. So it's a good way to kind of just, you know, disconnect, but connect with your feelings and uh, and kind of figure out what's going on with you. It's a great it's a great outlet. I think that songwriting is, is the best thing in the world. Even if you aren't very musical, I think that it's such a great way to release, you know, to kind of figure out how you're feeling and, and check in with yourself. So
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, it feels like, you know, you can lie to yourself until you start making art. Oh,
2: of course, <laughs> of course. That's a great. That's a great way of thinking about it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so just like touching on, I guess, Spotify a little bit. Uh, 200,000 streams for one of your songs? Yeah,
2: it's like it's almost like 300,000 or or a little bit more, I think. So, basically, um that song was uh the one that we did with The Prophets of Music and that's meant for me. And uh it got released and I had been like, "Hey Spotify, if you want to put it on a playlist, that'd be so so cool." And then they did. But it was Spotify Sweden. So, Spotify Sweden picked up my music and, uh, and that's where all the streams come from. They come from all over there in like Stockholm and like Oslo and like Denmark and just very, very, like, I look very like, you know, European. I'm, I'm eight feet tall and blonde. So I don't, I don't understand why they wouldn't have picked it up, but, um, but that's where all my streams are and that's where all of my followers are so I had to start like posting at times where they would see it so instead of like posting at 12 o'clock in the afternoon I'd be posting at like 6 p.m at night because that's when they would just be starting their day or something a really weird weird strange thing um but I guess that you know I'm the Scandinavian sensation and I can I can I can take it I guess well that's the thing like i'd I'd have all these streams on my music and then i'd go to play shows and there'd be like you know five people there and be like oh cool great good to see that we're still uh haven't connected with the canadian market but the european market's going strong so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i guess that just means you're gonna have to do a european tour at some point well we were
2: planning and then COVID happened so we uh we got shut down on that one but it was definitely like a a big leap because i know that like i was talking to a bunch of my other artist friends and they're like just go to red deer go to lethbridge don't don't go to Denmark or Sweden on your first tour, and I was like, mm, well, I mean, why not? So, so it's. I think that maybe the lockdown was a good. A, it saved me a lot of money. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you get? it Do you ever get like uh, messages from people from some of these places? Of course, or? I
2: totally do, and, and I have to like take a ta- take a step back and use Google Translate before I say anything, and I know that it's. Probably not right, you know the the right way to say it. But there's a bunch of other uh, amazing Swedish musicians that have reached out to me. There's one girl named Olivia. I cannot pronounce her last name, but she is phenomenal. She uh, she does like a playlist of, of soul and R and B music every single month, and and I've been on it ever since I released that song. So she's a she's a great supporter. And there's another there's a plus size model from Denmark who we're like best friends, uh, and, and we comment on all each other's. And it's just been really cool that the magic of, like, social media has brought us together and, like, kept us connected.
0: Yeah, no, that is cool. And it's, like, one of the cool things about making music or making art in today's, like, climate, right, is we have these tools like social media and just, like, the internet in general that can connect us with people who are thousands and thousands of kilometers away from us, you know?
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah,
0: it just, like, helps us all to reach... A wider audience. <laughs> so uh, you you kind of mentioned it a little bit. You but you've been playing a few shows now. Uh, I know obviously the drive-in show was one of them, and then uh, a, a couple more. But I guess what what's it like? Been playing shows in a pandemic world. Oh,
2: God, it's so strange. So most of my audience are moms. You know, I'm very kind of easy listening, Nora Jones, Carol King vibe. So uh, a lot of the older generation loves me. So they're kind of afraid of going out right now because, you know, we want to keep people as safe as possible, even with, you know, health and safety restrictions in place. Um, so it, it's been a definite drop in uh, attendance for concerts and stuff, but we just played, uh, we played a couple shows at the Ironwood. We played a fundraiser and then we played, um, I, on my birthday. We had a, a birthday show. It was so much fun. Um, but I'm in a box the entire time. So the boys are on stage and I'm in this little plexiglass pink box. Um, and, uh, I can't see or hear the audience. So it's kind of like a live stream in the sense of like, We'll finish the song and then I don't know if they've stopped clapping. So I'll just like kind of wait for, you know, an awkwardly long time and be like, okay, the next song is, and I'm like, I hope you, I hope you like that. But then it gets to the point where I'm trying to, you know, kind of talk to the boys on stage and be like, hit the three or like, go to the next song. And they can't hear me because of the plexiglass. And then I can't see what they're saying because of the masks. So all in all, it's just a lot of like shouting, but like really awkward, like squinting through the light and just banging on the fish tank. So they've been definitely an adjustment, is what I'm trying to say of of the live shows. But I think that um, I think that our venues need our help. You know, like we're we're super lucky to have a really cool set of great historic venues in Calgary, like the Eddie, and like uh, everything in Inglewood. I think is just is just amazing, and, and I've been so lucky to play those venues. But now they need our help, right? So. It's uh it's now the times to be, you know, ordering gift cards, you know, taking food to go and kind of just staying in and being safe but also supporting our venues. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a definite uh it's hard because we're seeing a lot of venues close down, you know. And yeah. you know, it's venues that have been around for 10 plus years or whatever and they're closing their doors because of the pandemic. So I think that's a really important message is, you know, be safe, but try to support the local businesses that you love when you can.
2: Of course, right? You know, like I've ordered takeout from Koi about 15 times in the last <laughs> month just because they're they're so amazing and it's such a, a such an important place. I think that a lot of artists get their start at smaller venues that need to be, you know, protected and need to be, you know, lifted up in, in this moment. Like we're looking at the Hi-Fi just closed down, you know, after 15 years, um, it just didn't make any sense to keep the light on when they weren't filling the club right and, and that's just so heartbreaking to see um and it, it's scary for other venues that are having to close now at 10 p.m like cool you can sell as much food and liquor as you want but 10 p.m is when people come out right so it's yeah. uh it's a weird struggling world right now of, of covid times but i think if we all just kind of support each other we can totally get through this
0: yeah no definitely i agree and uh, you know, it's it's cool to see the support when it does happen and it's cool to see the stories out there of people supporting each other and whatnot and um yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's it's we're in a tough time right now, but if we help each other out and like build each other up and support those who need us, I think we can all make it through as relatively unscathed. <laughs>
2: of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um so you mentioned that you were you were studying radio at Sait Um, do you feel that like kind of maybe studying radio a little bit and kind of like knowing how radio works, does that help you anyway in your music career? I
2: wish, I wish it did. Um, radio is so funny because we, we follow so many rules, right? Of the commercial radio, you have to play so much Canadian content, you have to have these many ads and stuff. And it's really cool to learn about that kind of background when you know i was 16 and i was like why is my song not getting played on the radio because you know there's there's so many like moving parts that go into creating a radio ready song right like having a song that's in the sweet spot of like three minutes and 20 seconds and like just kind of making sure that everything is is perfect and moving for radio release and I know a lot of people doing radio tours now where they go to the stations and do like a live performance and plug their songs there which is really really cool to see and yeah I think that when I started doing radio my heart always lies with public radio so when we talk about public radio cgsw ckua you know all of that really really amazing like publicly funded homegrown radio so I think as a as an artist those are the best stations to hit for for play and stuff because you know cgsw is where people find their next favorite song and and you know, I've been played on there and I've been so lucky to have been played on CKUA. And, and it's just, it's a great, great way for new ears and, uh, and a different listener to hear you. So.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, C, C, CK, Wow. Fuck. Why can't I get that right now? <laughs> CJSW. Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was like, wow, that's just like completely left my head. Um, yeah, no, I, I've I've talked to the station manager there, and um, just it's 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 cool to see like kind of what goes into making all those shows and stuff like that, right? And just like seeing how they do it, and uh, the fact that it is like community radio and public funded radio just makes it all the better, right? Because yeah, they, exactly. They, their their motto is giving a voice to the voiceless, and I just, I love that like. <laughs>
2: Of course. And, it, and it's so amazing to see the representation that they all showcase as well, right? Like, Calgary's also, you know, four white guys and a guitar in every single band. So it's really cool when there's representation of LGBTQ plus communities and, you know, of like the trans community and of people of color. I think that's so, so important to be showcasing right now. So,
0: yeah. No, I 100% agree. Um, I guess uh, just kind of on that subject, do you do you feel like you have to maybe um, be more outspoken on some of those subjects just because you are more in the public eye and stuff, or?
2: I think it's important, you know, when when the protests were happening and stuff. I was I was uh, isolating because my mom has MS, so we try to make sure that we're not going out as much, limiting everything. But you know, I try to make sure that my audience is aware of what's happening, and I try to make sure I speak on everything that's happening you know i'm not going to kind of just shove one issue under the rug no there there's there's so many voices that need to be heard and i think because i'm in the public it's my duty as you know as someone who has a platform to showcase them like i uh i remember when when the blm movements just started happening was uh all of my followers are you know a little bit older and of the boomer variety um and just showcasing to them and showing them in a really cool infographic of like, hey, look how accessible this is for you to learn about. And look how edible this media is. Rather than showing them, you know, the fiery protests happening, let's talk about, you know, why police brutality is so awful in America right now. You know, just ways that you can kind of bring up that conversation. Like, kind of think about it as an artist. It's always so weird because I think a lot of people are scared to speak upon those issues and they feel it kind of, like, tiptoeing around them. But talk about them like how you would talk to your mom at a dinner table conversation, right? Like, you don't want to kind of be like, well, if you don't believe that, you're stupid, no, kind of take that stance of well, let's see why you don't believe that and why you grew up thinking this way and how we can switch that, right? And how we can kind of, yeah, I know, I I know that my mom has been has been, you know, she's grew, grew up in like the '50s and the '60s, like that's how they just they that's how they know. So teaching her how to respect people's pronouns was a great first step, you know. Talking about non-binary issues, you know, talking about you know trans women, like just really really interesting conversations that I never thought I'd be having with my mother. Um, But uh, going at them with a kind ear, going at them really sensitive, you know, just kind of making sure everything's okay. And that's how you should be approaching with your followers, right? You never want to scare anybody away. You want to tell them what you want to tell them. And that's the best way to do it, right?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with what you said there. And we should be approaching these conversations, these hard conversations with maybe a little bit more, empathy and understanding of the other person's position you know
2: of course of course in this in like in this day and age you never want to kind of blast your opinion everywhere because everyone has their own opinion right and um and sometimes, as wrong as it may be, you uh, you might just want to listen. You might see, well, why are they thinking that, right? And and with the election going on right now, I know that in school we have to report on it and we have to keep that media bias, right, of like, we aren't leaning too left, we're not leaning too right, we're staying completely in the center. Um, and it's really hard when we look at what's happening in the states. <laughs> and and um, with, with with Donnie, and I'm trying to make sure that I don't lean – as left as I usually lean, because I do, and without falling over. But um, it's just—it's—it's it's definitely a strange, weird, weird time, and uh, and it's a great way to kind of just, yeah, just talk to your family about about issues that you feel strongly about. I think that's the best way to go at it.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And i, I mean, even uh, the 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 bottom line is that nobody changes their mind from somebody screaming at them that they're wrong. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I I really like and appreciate what you said there about just like, you know, just take the time and listen. Even if you don't agree, you can still listen and then come in with like kindness, you know? And of
2: course, of course I try to do that as, as often as I I get a lot of nasty messages online, you know, from being a woman in, in, you know, in the media, of course you're going to. Um, and yeah, you're just trying to kind of talk them down, right? Like talk to them basically, like that's the best way to diffuse any argument is to kind of just instead of spouting what they're spouting at you, just take it back and say, well, okay, I'm, I'm glad you think that, but let's talk about why you're wrong. So yeah.
1: <laughs> just,
2: just stuff like that. And, and I think it's the best way to kind of keep your media presence as, you know, on the level playing field and as, you know, not teetering everywhere as possible.
0: Yeah, no, definitely agree. And obviously it's hard sometimes and we all have those moments where we just want to scream that the people are wrong and totally fair to do that. But, you know, um, I guess try to do that as little as possible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) I like what you said, though. Yeah, just keep it teetered and uh, try and be, uh, I don't know. I think you're doing it good. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. Be an
2: advocate, but also remember everyone has feelings. So that's kind of the... The biggest thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so it seems like you got, like have a lot of things going on and you have a lot of things on your plate. So how do you manage to do it all?
2: Oh, God. Like I said before, coffee. I love coffee so much. Jesus Christ. Um... You know, it's it's about organization, and uh, and I'll wake up and and just jump into it. I mean, there's been days where you know it, it's good to rest. I think that's a huge thing right now. We live in kind of that hustle porn. You know, always on my grind, flexing shit. Like I I don't I don't trust that. I don't vibe with it. Um, I think that it's so important to rest. You know, like to take a day get curled up in your blankets, watch a garbage movie and eat some popcorn. I think that it's, we we are so pressured to be constantly moving and constantly churning stuff out as artists that like, no, the Spotify streams can wait for a day. The, The Instagram followers don't need to know what you're doing today. Just take a day off. And I think that has helped me a lot because I used to kind of get caught up in the, well, I need to be posting a story every single day. So my interaction and my algorithm and everything. And no, you just, you're human. Take take a second and just kind of step back, go for a walk. We've been blessed with some really, really wonderful weather in Calgary. I think that it's been, my biggest advantage has been, you know, going for walks and, and, and kind of just resetting myself, you know? I, I'll i be hammering away at a song and I'm like, well, obviously it's not coming right now. So then I go upstairs, I'll make some tea or eat a whole bag of chips and then come back downstairs <laughs> and, and and start again, right? Like, it's I think that, uh, rest is really, really important is what I'm trying to say, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: no, definitely. Again, I definitely agree. Rest is important. And I think it gets, uh, like you said, it's one of the things that kind of gets overlooked. Um, especially in today's society where we all feel like we should be doing something at all hours of the day and always being productive. And we're such in like this productive driven society where I think a lot of people forget that they need to recharge themselves.
2: Of course, of course. And then that recharge can look like anything. Like I'm such a social person. I remember I took a social media break for like a day and I couldn't do it because I love people and I and I'm such like a golden retriever in that sense of like I always have to be at a party. I always have to be kind of with people. So that's why lockdown was so tough for me. But I'm so glad that I had, you know, live streams and I'm so glad that I had that interaction with my fan base and, and with my friends and family. I think that yes, we are in such a weird weird unprecedented as my you know college likes to say in every single email they send me we're in unprecedented times i understand i'm not coming to campus um but it's just so important to stay connected right like we 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 have these means we have hangouts we have zoom we have teams even and uh it's just uh it's just a great way to recharge i think
0: yeah no definitely agree and like exactly what you said each recharging is going to look different for everybody too
2: exactly Exactly.
0: yeah so um whatever whatever it is for you try and do it it fit it into your day even if it's like just 10 15 minutes here there just just i think it's very beneficial to take that time of course yeah um so i guess uh, since we are kind of like approaching the end of the year here what uh what kind of does 2021 hold for kate stevens
2: Oh God, I, I haven't, I don't even know what I'm going to eat for dinner, let alone what 2021 looks like. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, 2021 hopefully will, you know, it will be a little bit smoother. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a lot more face-to-face connection, but who knows what, what the world's going to look like. Um, I am really excited. We are going to be probably releasing something in 2021. Uh, we've done our pre-pro, we've, we've started tracking, so it's going to be really exciting to see. Um, I'm hoping to do some more live shows because that's kind of where my heart is. Um, I love recording, but it is definitely draining. I know that singing against a click track for, you know, eight hours can be the worst thing in the whole world. So, um, I think that, uh, playing way more shows, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, start with my radio stuff, get a practicum and be out there and do that passion as well I think that it's really cool to see how I can blend both of them and how I've merged the two of them um I was really nervous at the start of the year to kind of be like well how is this gonna look but it's worked perfectly so you know big ups to whoever's looking out <laughs> um but yeah I don't know I'm I'm just really excited and uh I'm ready to take it as open-armed as possible at a socially distance of course but yeah <laughs>
0: awesome cool uh is there any just kind of final things that you want to you want to say
2: i don't know i mean i i don't know i uh follow me on instagram i guess i don't know <laughs> like that's like a good social plug um you can follow my instagram at kate stevens official uh facebook kate stevens music anything uh twitter K eight like the number because i'm hilarious uh stevens music i don't post there often though i have a tiktok but other than that like there's nothing <laughs> nothing else that i should say
0: (laughs) okay cool well i'll uh i'll have all those social media links and where people can find your music that'll all be in the episode notes as usual so yeah uh thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me
2: hey no thanks for chatting with me
1: Taste your lips, yeah. Smile is burned in my memory I remember dancing on the patio With the lights a gleaming low As if they burned for you and me They say that love would last I told myself time and time again see say how I'm doing fine, that I'd be alright And I would just go out and find me another man It's something constant, but I just don't know what that is. So, but I'm-
0: If like you this episode of Groove Talk, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Help us break through those evil algorithms and reach the most amount of glorious listeners that we possibly can. For up-to-date information on the show, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find us at Froggy Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.